So as you can imagine, um, most pastors uh, are excited every Sunday to, to preach and uh, always to bring to the family, you know, what God's done in their heart. And, and, and on a day like this, like, this, this is an extra special day, right? Because this, this day as we gather, this is the whole purpose uh, in everything that we do, that we serve a risen Savior. And um, Thursday afternoon, I was in my office here and uh, had gotten done preparing what I thought was the message for, for today. And uh, I was excited about it. For those of you that have been attending, you know that we've been in the book of Exodus. And, and I was going to just completely veer away from Exodus and just talk about the resurrection. And in studying a few things, one of the really neat things that I came across was in Luke chapter 9, uh, when Jesus goes to what's called the Mount of Transfiguration. It says that he talks with Moses. Oh, so there's an echo from X. He talks with Moses and Elijah, and he's, they're going to talk about his departure. And the Greek word for departure right there is called Exodus. And I was like, wow, this is really neat because we could, we could continue to tie in Exodus even to the resurrection story. And so I had, had uh, prepared this, the body of the message and really excited. And, and all of a sudden, I, I knew this isn't what the Lord wants. Because as I shut my computer, as I shut my, my laptop lid, um, the Lord very clearly spoke to my spirit and said, that's, that's not what I want on Sunday. And I'm like, Lord, but it's really cool. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's a really, really neat connection that our church is seeing right now. And he said, Brian, I, I don't want people to be excited about what you bring to them. I want them to be excited about what I've done for them. And I was like, yes, sir. So it's Thursday afternoon, though. So like, I don't have a whole lot of time here. What do you want? And I just sat in my office and I just closed my eyes and I just said, Lord, would you, would you just tell me what you want me to say about you on Sunday to our church? And very clearly, the Lord said, kids lesson that you did last night. Now I was like, now a second. You want me to, on a Easter Sunday morning, you want me to teach a kids lesson? So I started thinking through things, and then the Lord, again, very clearly said, and don't even think of changing that PowerPoint. And I was like, but it's got cartoons in it. Teach the kids' lesson. So, I'm being obedient. You're going to see the most simple little PowerPoint behind you, and normally I enjoy putting into that. I enjoy preparing messages and, and uh, writing them all out and, and being ready for you. I, tonight, we're just, or this morning, we're just, and I will do my best not to treat you like seven-year-olds, okay? But I do have a quiet seat prize if you listen really care. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and, no, but this is just simply what the Lord has asked. The week before it was the week before on Wednesday, Chris Hopkins, who leads the kids ministry, he had uh, taken the kids all the way through the Garden of Gethsemane. So it was my job last Wednesday night to teach on the crucifixion and the resurrection. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to start with in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus, well, he was praying, and after he was done praying, um, 
one of his disciples, whose name was Judas, came with a whole bunch of soldiers to arrest him. They arrested him in the, in the garden, and they, they took him, and they led him to a, a man whose name was, was Pilate, and they, they put Jesus uh, on trial. And as Jesus spoke to, to Pilate, he, he said, he, he, uh, Pilate washed his hands of Jesus, saying, I, I believe this man is, is innocent. However, I will condemn him because you want me to. Jesus was taken and he was, he was chained and then he was beaten. And they, they have what the Romans call a, a cat of nine tails, which is a very long uh, nine threads of a whip. And at the end has glass and stone and things. And so as they struck the back of Jesus with this, they, they yanked it real hard like they were a hook and a fish and they they pulled on his flesh and they continued to rip it and the, they tell us that they did that 39 times and they did that because what they often say is after 40 men die they didn't want him die they didn't want him dead they wanted him living so they could torture him they took him from this spot and they they stripped him of all of his clothes to embarrass him they put a robe on his back and they put a crown on his thorns and they put a staff in his hand and then they took the staff back out of his hand and began to beat him on the head so those crown of thorns would go deeper and, and deeper. And then after they had humiliated him and mocked him and even bowed down in false worship to him, thinking you're not really a king, but we'll laugh at it, they handed him his cross. And Jesus took this cross and began to carry it through the crowd and as he carried it through the crowd people yelled at him and spit on him and and did anything that they could to revile him eventually he fell under the weight of the cross and some other man came was pulled out of the crowd his name was simon and and they pulled him out and said you carry his cross and so he did and very slowly, Jesus was lifted up on the cross and the nails and his wrists and in his ankles until he died. And once he died, they wrapped his body and they laid it in his and That's the story of the crucifixion. In the simplest of terms. But then I asked the kids, I ask you to consider a question. Why did all this happen? Why did Jesus have to die? Like why, why go through all of this? I mean, yes, we know that he was the son of God, so couldn't he have just come and, 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 and told people, hey, if you believe in me, you can have eternal life? Couldn't he have just lived a, a perfect life and then at the end of his life skip the cross and go right to the ascension? Because then people would say, oh man, he really is the son of God. Look, he's floating in the air. He's done all these miracles for us. Why does he have to actually die? I told the kids and tell you, I think there's two reasons. First is this, that Jesus to make a way to the Father. And Jesus himself said this in John chapter 14, verse number six. Jesus said, I am the way. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus clearly says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and I read that and I'm like, really? I mean, isn't the way to God by just being a good person? And I asked the kids on Wednesday night, how many of you think need to do is just be a good person if we're a good person if we've done more good than bad at the end of our life we get to heaven and a number of children and a number of adults probably would too if we asked that same question jesus says i, I am the way you, you can't come to the father except through with is that we think that we can make our own way to the father by being good but here's what we what we neglect that jesus knew that god is so holy he's so holy that right now there are winged angels circling around his throne and they are saying the same thing over and over and over holy holy lord god almighty which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. God is so holy that he's like this burning fire that anything that isn't holy like him is consumed. We could throw fire on top of fire and the fire gets large, but you could throw anything else on top of the fire and the fire consumes it. And when sin gets close enough to the father it's consumed and that's a problem because we're all sinners that means when you and i get close enough to god in our sin so jesus came to make a way to the father for sinners the sinners can't make their own way, so Jesus came to make a way. We say, well, how did he die? And that's the second reason that Jesus died. And I know it's simple, but Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sin. The Apostle Paul, as he talks about Jesus, he says this in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And I know you all know this. If you could imagine me talking to a six and seven-year-old, they don't know what the word wages means and so i said if I, if I were to ask you to do something for me and and then i gave you something whether it's money or a gift or candy if you do something and i pay you for that that's wages so you're because we're sinners what we've earned is is death and i know it's beautiful it says but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord and that's great and we we already know it he's the one that made the way but like what do we do about our sin and what jesus did on the cross is everything that that word death entails and it means more than just your body dying it means separation from god it means paying the the the, ju the just payment for sin it means facing the wrath of god the just wrath the holy wrath against sin everything that it entails here's what's cool jesus did it for us on the cross he was separated from the father he took the penalty of sin and his body died 
And as the Father looks at what Jesus did for us on the cross, he says, and Jesus truly paid it all. It means the justice for sin is complete. So my sin does not have to be punished because Jesus took the payment for all believers. That's true. We now, because of the cross, we now have a way to the Father. But that leads to a second question. When we think of the cross, why, why then did, did Jesus have to be resurrected? Because what we know is he was laid in the tomb and then these, these three women went running to the tomb on, on, on Sunday morning and they, they did not expect there to be an empty tomb. They were coming with spices to, to anoint the body of Jesus. But when they got there, it was empty. So they, they went running to tell the disciples that had followed Jesus and the disciples, when they heard about it, they came running to the tomb themselves as fast as they could. So they get there, who took the body of Jesus? They're all wondering this. Where did he go? these disciples and they they kind of huddle in a room then jesus shows up like it's me like no, i don't think so and the bible even tells us they thought i was a ghost like hey here here's my hands touch them here's my side in fact give me some food to eat i'll eat it i'll show you i'm not a See that it's him and they get really really excited and they're they're so happy and then jesus spends another 40 days with them and then he goes back up to heaven but but there's there's this question like if jesus came to die on a cross for our sin why Did jesus have to rise from the dead that's the point he died for our sin ah. Of course you ask a group of seven or eight-year-olds why did jesus rise from the dead and they had some really really exciting answers uh, a lot of fun and i said I, I bet you i bet you there's a whole lot of reasons why we could give give that jesus rose from the dead but i, I just want to go over two with you first thing i said was this jesus rose from the dead beat death and that doesn't make a lot of sense an eight-year-old mind right jesus died from the dead jesus rose from the dead to defeat death well what does that have to do with anything why does death have to be defeated well you remember reading just what you just did in matthew chapter 28 when we got to the end of matthew 28 jesus made this claim all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth you know what he was saying in those moment, in that moment? I am Lord of all. But see, here's the thing. Every person that has ever lived, except for two men that God snatched very quickly um, off of this earth and took them straight to heaven, everyone else had died. Death was lord of all 
No one had ever defeated death. And now Jesus, who who claimed that he was actually the son of God and God himself, goes to a cross claiming that he is taking the sins of the world upon himself and then he dies. And if Jesus dies and stays dead, he's not Lord of all. Death is. And so when Jesus was taken off that cross and placed in a tomb, I don't know if, I don't know what was going on there. Like I, I really fully believe that, that in that, in that full day of the Sabbath where Jesus was, was placed in the tomb, I really believe he was fulfilling the Sabbath for every single one of us. But when he, when he rose from the dead on Sunday morning, you know what he did? Is he said, I really am Lord of all. His death is the one enemy that had defeated everyone. And the crazy thing is, see, see, John is going to say, John's an apostle of Jesus, and he's saying that this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So John is saying, if you have Jesus, you have life. But think about this. If Jesus had died for our sins and stayed in the tomb, what good is it if he says, I can give you life if he's dead? Jesus had to come out of that grave. So that he could give life to those who believe in him. Otherwise, it doesn't do us any good. But there's a second reason that Jesus had to rise from the dead. He had to rise from the dead to keep his word. See, he said three times, and I'm just going to put one of them up here. But he said three times very clearly to his disciples something along this line the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men they'll kill him and on the third day he will be raised he will come to life he will live he says this three times if he died said he was coming back on the third day and didn't he's a liar it's not good it's not good news that Jesus is a liar. So he, he had to come back from the grave because he had to make sure that we understood when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He was fulfilling all those when he walks out of the grave. And here's the amazing thing. If Jesus was lying about that, how could we trust him about anything he said? But if Jesus was telling the truth about that, we can trust him about anything he said. No one has ever defeated death before, so if he's going to take that claim and we can believe everything he says, that means when Jesus promises to love us, oh, and that's important, isn't it? Especially when we feel rejected. Unloved by people. Jesus says, I, I will love you 
And the cool thing is his, his love is not like our love. It's not dependent on what we do. And, and John the Apostle, he'll say this. He says, this is love. God is love. Not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. The cool thing about Jesus is like his love for us is not like, well, I'll love you if. There's none of that. It's, I love you, period. And there's nothing today you could do to make me love you more. My love for you is absolutely full and complete. And I also want you to know, there's nothing you could do today to make me love you less. My love for you is absolutely and fully complete. Ah, he said that. We can believe it. You know why? Because he wrote it in the like, I don't know about you, but like... Sometimes there, there's, there's times when I'll, when I'll buy a, uh, something for, for my wife. And like I, I remember, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, I, I pulled up and I had gone to, uh, gone to, where's Walmart? There you go. I'd gone to Walmart and, uh, and, and, and uh, picked up, she, my wife is a Diet Coke fanatic. Um, I would call it addict, but she's sitting right here. So um, she's a Diet Coke lover. And, and I was like, I'll stop. I stopped at McDonald's and got her a Diet Coke because she likes McDonald's Diet Coke. And, I, and as, as I'm pulling up the driveway, I know what's going to happen is I'm going to walk in and she's not even going to notice that I walk in until I say, hey, I got something for you. And then she's going to go, oh, I die. oh, you're so sweet. Right. You know, that's that's I knew that was what she was going to do. And I was right. <laughs> I walk in the door. She just keeps doing whatever she wants to do. I got something for you. What would you get? <gasps> a diet coat. Yeah, that's exactly what she did. Can I tell you something? Here's the cool thing about Jesus. Let's assume Jesus loves Diet Coke. You could pull up with the biggest Diet Coke you could purchase and say, hey, Jesus, I've got something for you. And you know what he's going to do? He's not going to notice the Diet Coke because he's in love. He is going to be more excited to see you than anything we can do. Jesus doesn't love our work. Jesus loves the worker. He loves you. And, and we know he does because he, he keeps his word. He promises to bring us into the family of God to, to share his heavenly blessings with, with him. He, he promises that, that, that even in there is, there is life after death. It's, it's why, you know, Michael, I know your grandmother passed away, but you know what, what goes through my mind is, is what the psalmist says when he says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. How can death be precious? Because we don't see death the way God does. We see death as the end of something. God sees death as the beginning of something. We see death as somebody leaving us. God sees death as those he loves coming to him. That is precious. You know why we can believe that? Because he rose from the dead. And so everything he says, we can believe. Jesus promises to make all things work together for God. That's really important when our world is collapsing. I 
That's, that's really important for us to understand whether we're going through some financial concerns through emotional stress or when relationships are ripped apart. When, when God's word says, I am working in this, I'm not saying that all things are good, but I'm telling you, I, have, I can work all things together for good. We can believe it. Always hope. We can realize that when God says in eight one, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What that means is, is when we sin and when we fail him, he doesn't look at us and say, you are a failure. He doesn't, there's no condemnation. For those who were in Christ Jesus, he took our sin, but he not only took our sin, he took our guilt and our shame. And that means when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you do wrong and you confess it, you come to the Father. He's not looking at you sternly. He's looking at you like that prodigal son's father. Bless my kid other dirty but i don't care about the dirt oh they're penniless because they spent everything i gave them but i don't care about that that's my child that's who my father is i know who, who i am our dog i was telling my wife our dog ran away twice yesterday while i was while i was at home and and and, and like the second time i got really upset at our dog she was all the way at the top of the hill, in the middle of the road. I, so I brought her home, and I let her know. When I put her back in the door, you are a bad dog. I told her that many times. You are a bad dog. Bad dog. I went out and did some stuff. I walked in, and she, she's waiting for me, and she comes real, real, real meekly to me like this. And I said, oh, no, not yet. I'm still upset at you. <laughs> And it was later, later that, that day where I, I sat with her and I rubbed her and, and tried to make her realize it's, it's okay, it's okay. You know what? God never says, I need a moment. Confess, you are forgiven, you are cleansed, you are wanted, you are welcome. So last thing, what do we do? What do we do about the fact that Jesus died for us and then he rose from there? What do we do with that? Well, well, you remember reading the last couple of verses in Matthew 28? If you have your Bibles still open to, to Matthew 28, um, that'd be great. If not, grab that paper real quick. And I'm just going to read the last couple of verses. Matthew 28, verse 18. What it says. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Remember, we, we just said that. He's the Lord of all. He defeated death. Now, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's the thing. Jesus defeats death. He comes to life. He gathers these disciples who had run from him and he doesn't, he doesn't push them down. He doesn't keep them at an arm's length. He gathers them closely and he gives them three words. 
authority, mission, and a promise. And here's what I, here's what I want to leave you with today. If you are a follower of Jesus, the reason he went to the cross, the reason he rose from the dead was to bring you into his family and then to send you out to bring more into his family so that they could go out to find more, to bring more into his family. Didn't bring you to the family to just sit. Brought you. You would understand what he just said. He gave you all authority. So he's expecting his disciples to use his authority. That means everywhere we go this week, we have the authority of Christ. What is he? The, what is he? What, what does he have authority over? All things. Authority available. My friend Jared, he's a, he's a, a pastor in, in, in Ohio. I talk to him all the time. He said this to me today, or this week. It was so cool. He's like, Brian, you got to think about this. You know, it, when Jesus went through that temptation with Satan in the wilderness, he defeated the world, he defeated flesh, and he defeated the devil. And so when, when he's speaking to his disciples, he tells them, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. He says that in Matthew 16. He says that before he dies. After he dies and resurrects, he's talking to another apostle, John, in the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, because Jesus, in his death and resurrection, had defeated death, hell, and the grave, you know what he tells John in Revelation? I'm going to give you the keys to death and hell. He gave the keys to the kingdom before he died. After he died and rose again, he gave the keys to death and hell, proving once again he has all authority. He wants his disciples to obey his commission. Like, go and make disciples and baptize them. And then teach them. Don't just teach them, but teach them to obey. Teach them to observe. Teach them what I've taught you and to live it out. And last, as you go, I want you to know I'm with you. Find comfort in my presence. This, this is so cool. In, in the book of Exodus, as we're studying, you know, the, the presence of God is, is a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud. Later, when the tabernacle is built, the presence of God comes to hover over the tabernacle and eventually will be placed behind the curtain. And when the big temple is built, the presence of God is, is in the holy of holies. But, but Jesus, like he blows all that out of the water because when Jesus comes, he's Emmanuel. God's not a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud. He's not behind a curtain. He's not in the Holy of Holies. Ha! God is now here with you, Emmanuel. God with us. But Jesus leaves. Ah, God's not with us anymore. Oh no, God was with man here on this earth. He goes back to heaven and he says, and I'm going to send the Spirit of God to be it's even that's even better than Jesus with us. Because if Jesus was here, I could go that way and walk away from him. If the Spirit's in here, I don't get to leave. Oh, comfort. That's why when I talk to people about Jesus, I can do it with authority. Aaron, may I share your story? 
that be okay with you? Billy, Danielle, is that okay with you? This past week, I got to visit at Billy and Danielle's home, and, and Aaron and, and Billy was going to get baptized. Billy's actually going to be baptized in, in a few weeks, and then uh, Danielle is going to get baptized in a few weeks as well, and Aaron was asking about being baptized as well. And we sat down, and I asked Aaron the question that I love to ask people, and I'd love for you to consider it even now. God were to meet you outside the gates of heaven and ask you, why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say? And Aaron, probably like 90% of the people that I talked to, Aaron, said, well, like, try to be good. Try to live a good life, like as best I can. Not perfect, but try to, try to live a good life. I said, Aaron, can I show you something in the Bible? So he let me. We sat there together. I don't know, it's probably close to an hour, right? I was totally bored, boring you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we had a great time talking. I'm opening up the Bible, and I say, let, let me show you. The Bible says in Titus 3, it says, not by works of righteousness that he saved us, but by his mercy. We talked about what mercy is. When we don't get what we deserve. The cross, boy, he took the sin I deserve. He took the punishment I deserve for that sin. He took the wrath that God, that I deserved, that God had for my sin. Jesus took it all. That's mercy when I don't get what I deserve. And can I take you, I took them to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that says it's not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? Grace, are you saved? Talk about what grace was. Grace is when we get something we don't deserve. And so Jesus not only was mercy at the cross where he took our sin, but Jesus gave us his righteousness so, so we can stand complete and perfect before the Father one day because our sins have been taken away and the righteousness of God has been given. That is mercy. That is grace. And we talked about who Jesus is. We talked about what Jesus had done. And then I simply said, Aaron, let me ask you some questions. Three things that are important. Know who Jesus is. Believe really was the son of God the Messiah the deliverer God sent to take away your sin I, I believe do you do you believe that what Jesus did for you on the cross and when he rose from the dead and when he went back to heaven is sitting on the throne right now do you believe I believe you want to follow that Jesus he said welcome my Welcome, my brother, because now you're a part of the kingdom. We didn't pray. We don't, you don't have to pray. We have to make declaration that this is, I believe, who Jesus is, and I want to follow him. That's what Aaron said. And so Billy and Danielle and Aaron are all going to be baptized together. Amen. Amen. I, that's wonderful. But you know why I could sit there on the couch and tell Aaron, well, this is what the Bible says. 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 You know how I could do that with great confidence? Um, his authority. I was obeying what he told me to do. Same is true for you. This week, live as someone who understands he died for you. He lived for you. Father, I thank you so much for, for what we get to celebrate today. You gave your son. 
What a joy. Well, what a blessed thing to gather with, with those who believe in you. And Father, I, I just simply want to say thank you for, for what you were willing to give up. Jesus, we want to say thank you for living the perfect life, for offering yourself, for taking on death in the grave and defeating them for us. And thank you, Spirit, for living within us. Now, if you were here today, you're listening to that and you're saying, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if that's, if that's me. I don't, I don't really know if I'm a part of the family of God. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I really thought I was just trying to be a good person and that's how you get to heaven. Oh, can I just encourage you with, with the words that we listen to today? Jesus is the son of God. And he came to conquer death, sin, hell, and the grave and he did it. And he invites all to simply now believe in him. We don't do anything for salvation. We believe in the one who did it all for us. Then we follow him. If you're here today and you say, I, I don't know for sure what I would say if God were to meet me outside the gates of heaven and say, why should I let you into my kingdom? If you say, I don't, I don't really know what I'd say. Oh, can I encourage you? It's as simple as understanding who Jesus is understanding what Jesus did for you. And we talked about that, why he died and why he lived. Saying, I believe. I believe in that. I believe in Jesus. And I want to follow him. But if you're here today and you've never done that, may I encourage you in the quietness of your seat. Simply say, Jesus, I, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe the Father sent you to take the sins of the world. I believe your death was my death. I believe your life was how you offer me life. I believe in you. I want to follow you. And if you, if you, meant, if you mean that, welcome to the family. If you are a part of the family of God. Are we living as if we have his authority or have we let sin defeat us? Are we living on mission or are we living for ourselves? Do we sometimes forget that he's with us? May I encourage you to just take a few moments at your seat before we close in a song.